This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in Christ Jesus in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, as I'm taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Maybe seated. In 2023, we're walking through the miracles of the New Testament, looking for patterns and principles. And today we come to the first of three miracles that happened in quick succession on the same day. Number 14, Jesus heals a woman in the crowd with an issue of blood. Number 15, Jesus raises Jairus' daughter back to life. And number 16, Jesus heals two blind men. And not only did all three of these miracles happen in quick succession, boom, 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 on the same day, but in all three instances, Jesus commended the faith of those who received their miracle. Now this miracle, the woman with the issue of blood, is recorded in Matthew 9, 20 to 22, Mark 5, 25 to 34, and Luke 8, 42 to 48. And today we're going to be in Mark's gospel because of verse 28. Mark chapter 5, verse 25, I'm reading this morning, mainly here from the King James Version, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Now we have to stop right there. The NIV says, Because she thought. That's why over all these years, whenever I have dealt with this miracle, I've generally spoken out of the King James Bible. The King James and the New King James say, for she said. But I had Austin look it up yesterday, and then when I got home, I looked it up for myself. None of these three translations record Mark 5, 28 accurately. Then I went and I looked at Young's literal translation of the Bible, and he had it wrong. Because literally in the Greek, the word for say is elegant, and it is a present participle. Everybody say present participle. present participle. And you know a present participle is indicative of continuous, ongoing action. Say it out loud. Continuous, continuous. Ongoing, ongoing action. Say it again. Continuous, continuous. Ongoing, ongoing action. Now, the interlinear, interlinear Greek translation literally reads, She was saying, For if I shall touch even the garments of him, I will be healed. So, frankly, I don't get it. If that's the literal Greek translation, 
then why has hardly anyone given us a translation that's even close? You know, during this uh, last week in the Holy Week revival, teaching out of Isaiah 53, it's kind of sad. I mean, it really is kind of sad. I mean, I had to go to Young's literal translation of Isaiah 53, but the most light came from using Dr. Isaac Lesser's translation of the uh, Hebrew into what became the translation of the Old Testament that is the only accepted translation, or was for decades, the only accepted translation among Orthodox Jewish folk. I mean, we, we should have more revelation, not re less revelation. But you understand that whenever people translate the Bible, unfortunately, theological prejudices come into their translation. And so that's why I like to, and you can do it yourself, just go to Bible Hub and type in the verse and type in interlinear, and it'll show you whether it's from the Hebrew or the Greek, exactly what a literal translation would be. Now, somebody might say, well, why, why don't we have like a literal translation of the Bible? Well, because it's not so readable. For example, she was saying, for if I shall touch even the garments of him, I will be healed. We don't talk like that. So every translation tries to do a good job smoothing it out and bringing it into a more readable or usable version, translation. But they shouldn't be doing damage to the original. Can I get an amen on that? So of all the crazy things of version I've never used in a sermon before, the Berean Standard Bible has it right. For she kept saying, if only I touch his garments, I will be healed. Say it out loud. For she kept saying. She kept saying. Say it again. She kept saying. She kept saying. See, it's, it's a present participle, present, continuous, ongoing action. The Berean Literal Bible has it right, brings it into the present tense. For she was saying, if I shall touch even his garments, I will be healed. The Majority Standard Bible. I've never used that in a sermon. For she kept saying, if only I touch his garments, I will be healed. The NET Bible. I've never used that in a sermon. Has it right? For she kept saying, if only I touch his clothes, I will be healed. The New American Standard Version is close. For she had been saying to herself, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. And the Good News Translation is close. Saying to herself, if I just touch his clothes, I will get well. Now, you might ask yourself, why am I making such a big deal out of one verse? Because in the literal Greek, it reads, she was saying, she was saying, present ongoing action. She was saying, for if I shall touch even the garments of him, I will be healed. And what this means is, what happened here on that day perfectly lines up with what Jesus taught later in Mark 11, 22 to 24. Now listen to what I'm saying. What happened that day perfectly lines up with what Jesus taught later in Mark 11, 22 to 24. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have what? Soever he saith, therefore I say unto you, 
what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. He shall have whatsoever he saith, and ye shall have them. He shall have whatsoever he saith, and ye shall have them. He shall have whatsoever he saith, and ye shall have them. See, in other words, if God's not a liar, which we know God's not a liar, God cannot lie because he's not a man or the son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Well, if God's not a liar and we do what this woman did and keep saying what we want, we shall have whatsoever we saith. I said, we shall have whatsoever we saith. Now, here's a side journey I do not have time for this morning, but this is why. On every agenda that this godless society runs on us, the entire thing is to get you to repeat a lie. I mean, every agenda they're running. You know, back in, back in 2020, they had people talking about masking, even though now we know from studies it did nothing socially, dist socially distancing, distancing, even though now we know from all the studies it did nothing. Everybody's going to get it. Well, that was a lie. I still haven't had it. In other words, they, they, the whole agenda. How about this? They're born that way. See, once you see, and the, the whole idea is to get everybody repeating the lie. Well, they cannot be this smart to know the power of this, so it's got to be the devil working through them behind the scenes. That, that a man can lactate, that a man can menstruate, that a man can birth babies. I mean, if you stop and think about everything they, this culture, this godless, God-forsaken culture, I shouldn't, shouldn't say God-forsaken. God hasn't forsaken them. They forsook God. But, but everything they're teaching and preaching and honking and selling is to, and I thought we could all believe what we wanted and say what we wanted. I thought that was in the First Amendment. And there, there would be no law to infringe on religion. But the whole agenda is to force you now. They don't want you to just say what they're saying. They want to force you to say what they're saying. Can you see that? If this did not have power, why would they care what you say? I said, if this did not have power, why would, why would the devil care what you say? Can you see it? And everything, all the agendas, everything is all about getting you to say something contrary to the will of God, to say you're sick, to say, you know, mom died of this, so I'll probably die of that. Dad died of this, so I'll probably die of that. In other words, the whole thing, the whole situation, all of it is rigged, all of modern society is rigged to get us to say in the wrong thing. And so this is something you just have to batten down the hatches of your mind on and make up your mind that when it comes to money, especially when it comes to our health 
and bodies especially, man, we just need to be mindful of what's coming out of our mouth and we need to say what we want and keep saying it. And he shall have whatsoever he saith and ye shall have them. Mark 5, 28, Berean Standard Bible. She, for she kept saying, if only I touch his garments, I will be healed. Now picking up in verse 29, King James, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. She felt, gnosko, she sensed. It's a perfect example of Hebrews 11.1. 1. She knew with certainty. She knew as a fact. She knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that she had been healed. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. Pastor Gene, why is this your favorite miracle in the Bible? Because it was a miracle that happened not by the will of God. It was a miracle that happened not by the will of Jesus. There was no act of volition on Jesus' part. And there's nothing in the entirety of the Word of God that tells me more that it is the will of God that we all be healed than this miracle right here. She literally, it's like she plugged a USB into Jesus and downloaded the power. She hacked God. I said she hacked God. And how did she do it? By her faith. See, if, if healing was not the will of God, how would that even be possible? I said if healing were not the will of God, how would that even be possible? And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? Well, it's like coming to church. You know, you got a great big crowd. It's Easter Sunday morning. You do realize we hold church the other 51 Sundays, right? So, but that's not the, that's not, that's not, uh, the juice. Somebody touched him in faith. There was a press. There was a crowd. We don't know how many. We don't know if it was hundreds or tens of hundreds or thousands. We don't know how many. But she had, she had been sick for 12 years. She'd had a hemorrhage for 12 years. And anybody knows when you lose blood, you lose strength. And yet she pressed through the crowd. She pressed through the crowd. And there was a press. There was a crowd. So people, of course, everybody was jostling him and touching him and re reaching out to touch him. But only one gal got power released into her life and into her body. And the difference is that she had been saying to herself, she had been saying to herself, not words of fear, but words of faith. She had been saying to herself, she had been talking to herself. She, you know, only old people talk to themselves. Well, that works for me both ways, theologically and chronologically. Amen. I'm talking to myself all the time. Hallelujah. And I'm saying the money's coming, the money's coming, the money's coming. Hallelujah. But I'm talking to myself all the time. Well, she was talking to herself. Hallelujah. And she was not saying what the first doctor had said or the second doctor or the third doctor or the fourth doctor or the fifth doctor or the sixth doctor. She was saying words of faith. And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, knowing Gnosko what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him the truth. And he said unto her daughter, Thy faith hath made thee well. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now the four steps of faith outlined in this message are so simple they seem almost foolish. 
But in Jesus' ministry on earth, he talked in terms that even the least educated among them could understand. He talked about vineyards and orchards, sheepfolds and shepherds. He illustrated spiritual truths in such a simple way even common people could understand. Jesus' message was never complicated, but it was always clear and concise. If anybody, anytime will take these four steps or put these four principles into operation, they will always receive whatever they want from the Lord Jesus Christ or from Father God. Now, I need to do a little explaining here because sometimes these are four steps that can be taken immediately, and in such cases, you can receive right now, right now. For example, you could take these four steps to salvation, to healing, to the baptism in the Holy Spirit, or to some other victory, and you can receive right now in the moment. But there are other things in life where it takes time to develop. So for instance, if it's a financial need, and you're expecting or you need so much money by the first of the year, well, these four principles then become, or these four steps become principles that you have to put into practice over the period of time between now and the end of the year. Or as in the case of church work, building church attendance or building a church building or building church income is progressive. That's a progressive work. So in a progressive work example, these four principles need to be put into practice every day and every week and every month and every year, literally, for the duration. The same thing is true with your business. In your business, you don't want just one answer to prayer and then stall out, do you? No, you want to make, the, you want to make progress each and every year, year in and year out. So these four principles must be put into practice on a daily basis, on an ongoing basis, from here to the duration. But thanks be unto God, whether these are four steps to be taken immediately or four steps to be practiced every day over a period of time, you can have whatever you want. You can write your own ticket with God. Step number one is say it. Say it out loud. Step number one, Step number one. is say it. What is the first step that this woman took? What is the first thing that this woman did? Mark 5, 28 in the Berean Standard Bible, for she kept saying, if only I touch his garments, I will be healed. For she kept saying. That's the first thing she did. Now the word says that someone told her about Jesus, but that's not something she did. That's something somebody else did. You see, there is a Godward side and there is a manward side to every battle, to every victory, to everything we receive from God. You have your part to play. There is something you must do. And then there is a Godward side. But you know, God is not going to fail. I thought I said God is not going to fail. You know that. So any failure has to be on our part. If we will do our part, then we can be sure that God will answer and victory will come. And that right there is the difference between Faith Christian Center and most other churches because most other churches teach that God is unpredictable that God cannot be counted upon, that sometimes it's his will to do this and sometimes it's will to do something else. Here at Faith Christian Center, we teach that God is a God of his word and that God cannot fail and that God cannot lie. So if there is a failure to receive, that failure has got to be on our part and not on Father God's part. And since the failure is on our part, somebody might say that's bad news. No, that's good news because the, if the failure is on our part, well, we can make a change. We can make a course correction. We, we can adjust our behavior. We can make an adjustment and receive what we want from the Lord. And so it, 
And so if we'll see to it that we do our part, we can be sure of the answer. If we'll see to it that we do our part, we can be sure of the victory. Yes, someone told her about Jesus, but that's not something she did. That's something somebody else did. So now she knows about Jesus. She has heard about Jesus. She knows that he has been healing people. Now she knows that Jesus is a healer. The question is, now that she knows about Jesus, what is she going to do? I said, what is she going to do? What was her first step toward being healed? What is the first thing that she did? For she kept saying, step number one, say it. And not just say it, but as we know from Mark 11, 22, 23, and from this historical account, and from the Greek itself into the English, and not some other translation, we have to keep saying it. Somebody might say, well, you know, how, how long do I have to keep saying this stuff? People amaze the heck out of me. You know, I mean, how, how, many, how, long, how many days are you going to keep eating? I mean, how long are you going to keep eating? I mean, what is up with that? You just, are you just going to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat? Well, how long are you going to sleep? Didn't you sleep last night? What's wrong with you? I mean, how long are you going to keep sleeping? See? And people are just amazing. They do all this stuff on a rate. How long are you going to root, root for the Cowboys? Oh my. Talk about fruitless. How, or how about this? How long are you going to root for the Rangers? I mean, people do the same thing over and over and over and over, and they don't think a thing of it, and then they'll go spend $150 on parking and $150 on snacks, and, and I have no idea how much on tickets, and get, you know, no victory out of it, no victory out of it, no victory out of it, and come, and come down to God's church house, and then they want to say to the preacher, well, how long do I have to keep tithing? How long do I have to keep making a, a positive confession? How long do I have to keep praying? Well, I came down here on this Easter Sunday morning to tell a bunch of y'all visitors that you're going to have to pray so long as you want victory, and you're going to have to tithe so long as you want victory, and you're going to have to confess the Word of God so long as you want victory. And once you cross the bridge, you realize this, this is not going to end. This is one of those activities that I've got to participate in from this day to my last day because I have made up my mind. I'm not going to be kicked around by the devil. I'm not going to have an, a healthy issue for 12 years. I'm not going to suffer in my body for 12 years. I'm not going to spend all of my money on a health issue and not to get over it. No, I'm going to do it God's way and I'm going to live in the victory. Hallelujah. I'm going to live in the victory today and I'm going to live in the victory Monday and I'm going to live in the victory Tuesday and I'm going to live in the victory Wednesday and the day before I go I'm going to be shouting and I'm going to be singing and I'm going to be dancing, and I'm going to be giving God the credit, the glory, and the honor. In fact, I'm going to do that from now on. Next time somebody says, how long do I have to make these confessions? I'm going to look them dead in the eye and say, well, how long are you going to keep eating? <laughs> you know, my God. <laughs> Taking all those naps, dear God, how, how long are you going to do that? 
Ask your neighbor, how long are you going to do that? Say it out loud. Shout it out loud. She kept saying. Shout it out loud. She kept saying. Now hear me now, positive or negative, it's up to you. It's up to the individual what he or she receives. This woman could have made a negative statement or confession about her situation. Wouldn't that have been easy? I said, wouldn't that have been easy? She could have made a negative comment about her situation instead of a positive statement or confession about her situation. And if this woman had made a negative statement or confession about her situation, that would have been her reality. She could have said, there's no use for me to go. I've suffered so long, 12 years, I've been sick. All the best doctors have given up on my case. I've spent all my living, but I am nothing better, but rather I've grown worse. I have nothing to live for. I might as well go ahead and die. And if you lived in Canada, you could schedule it for tomorrow. And if that would have been what she had said, that would have been what she had received. We create our own reality by what comes out of our mouth. And that's why this old world wants you to tell lies. But she did not speak negatively. She spoke positively, for she kept saying, if only I touch his garments, I will be healed. Praise God. And it came to pass because you can have what you say. You can write your own ticket with God. And the first step in writing your own ticket with God is say it. Not just say it, but do what this woman did and keep saying it. Now, friends, if you are defeated, you are defeated by your own lips. You have defeated yourself. The Bible says in Proverbs 6:2, Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken captive with the words of thy mouth. If you are defeated, you're defeated by your own lips. You said that you could not, and the moment you said it, you were whipped. You said that you did not have any faith, and doubt rose up inside you like a giant and shackled you and bound you. You talked failure, and failure held you in bondage. If we find ourselves at the bottom of life's ladder, it's because that is all we have believed God for. When we talk fear and doubt, we sink lower and lower. But when we talk faith and victory, we rise higher and higher. We as believers, as Christians, should never talk doubt. We should never talk failure. You talk about your trials. You talk about your difficulties. You talk about your lack of faith. You talk about your lack of money. And your faith will shrivel and dry up. But if you'll talk about your wonderful Heavenly Father, if you'll talk about the Word of God, if you'll talk about what God can do, your faith will grow by leaps and bounds. If you confess sickness, sickness will come. If you talk about doubts and, your, and fears, doubt and fear will become stronger in your life. They'll grow. If you talk about your lack of finances, it'll stop the money from coming. If you talk about the lack of finances, and if you talk about the lack of finances, it stops the money from flowing and coming in. You talk about your doubts and fears, and it'll destroy your faith. Now hold fast. Bless God, hold fast. That's what she did. 12 years of suffering, 12 years of a hemorrhage. But thank God somebody told her about Jesus and she, she established a confession and she held fast to it. Present, participle, present, continuous, ongoing action. She kept saying to herself, Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he that promised is faithful. 
We can hold fast to our confession of faith. We can continue to hold up his word as our scroll of remembrance. We can count our Father God faithful and true, watching over his word to perform it, hastening to perform his word. We can count what we have asked of him according to his word as done, and we can call what we have asked of him done because God is faithful. Hallelujah, I said God is faithful. For she kept saying, for she kept saying, if only I touch his garments, I will be healed. For she kept saying, so step number one, say it. Faith speaks, she said it. 2 Corinthians 4, 13, it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. With the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Now I know, I know there's opposition to this. I've faced it all these years. Well, I just can't say that, you know. That's not my reality. I can't just say that. Well, talk to Bruce Jenner about talking about reality. In 2023, I think we are permitted to say whatever the heck we want to say. I said in 2023, I think we are permitted to say whatever the heck we want to say. Hallelujah. I say I'm healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. And I say the money's coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I don't even have to change clothes or play dress up to do it. Ask your neighbor, why does he do that? To clear devils out. We did back, you know, when we were young, we tried pastoring devils. Didn't work out too well, so I figured just keep the word hot. And then we're not trying to pastor devils. Now, if you got a devil, just see Pastor Sue after this service and she'll take care of it. How many miracles, let me ask you this, how many miracles have we missed because we got discouraged? I got my hand up. How many miracles have we missed because we got mad at God? I got my hand up. How many miracles have we missed because we had a bad attitude? I got my hand up. How many miracles have we missed because we refused to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit? I got my hand up. How many miracles have we missed because we failed to maintain or we, let me say it in the negative, we, we had a spirit of unforgiveness about us. I got my hand, in fact, I got both hands up. No, no, let's set all that aside. Let's go with the word of God. Step number two, do it. Step number one, say it or keep, keep on saying it. Step number two, do it. She took action. She took action on what she had said. She took action on what she had said. Deuteronomy 30, verse 14, no, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, so you may obey it. She took action she took action on what she said. It, it wouldn't have done her any good to say, if only I touch his garments, I will be healed if she hadn't acted on what she said. Now, while I'm talking to you, the Lord's talking to me about these old challenge offering commitments. There's great power in telling God you're going to do something and doing it. I said there is great power in telling God you're going to do something and then doing it. What good would it have done her to say, if, if, I, if I could touch the hem... If I touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed and not touch the hem of his garment. What good would it, or, or, or say, well, there's a crowd. I can't do that today. I'll try tomorrow. What good would it have done to keep on saying, I, I, if I touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed and not press through the crowd. It wouldn't have done her any good at all to say, if only I touch his garments, I'll be healed and not take action on what she said. Your actions defeat you.
or your actions put you over. According to your action will you receive, and by your inaction you are kept literally from receiving. For she kept saying, if only I touch his garments, I will be healed. And then she acted on that. She acted on what she had said. She pressed through the crowd after being sick for 12 years. Imagine, after suffering a hemorrhage in her body for 12 years, she took action. She pressed through the crowd. She did it. She said it. She kept saying it. And then she did it. And praise God, she received it. Step one, say it or keep on saying it. Step, step number two, do it. And step number three, receive it. Mark 5, 29, and straight away, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt gnosko. She knew, she had a knowing on the inside of her that she was healed of that plague. She felt she had been healed of that plague. So she received her healing in that moment. Step number one, say it or keep on saying it. Step number two, do it. Step number three, receive it. And step number four, tell it. Jesus knew who had done it. Tell your neighbor, he was the son of God after all. Tell the neighbor on the other side, he was the son of God after all. All right, so let's go back and look at these verses and ask why he did what he did. It was kind of, it was kind of theatrical. Verse 30, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and thou sayest, Who touched me? So, I mean, let's face it. It was a little theatrical. What the Lord did there that day was a little theatrical because he knew, obviously, he was the Son of God. He knew who had touched him in faith. Jesus knew who had done it. So why did he say, Who touched my clothes? Jesus knew who it was. So why did he make an incident out of it? Because, friends, he wanted her to tell it. Now, we didn't get into it in the Holy Week revival, but sometimes people come and they're anointed with oil, and we lay hands on them, and they gloriously and miraculously receive a healing in their body. And then, over the next few days or few weeks, that healing can wane, it can dissipate. And there are a couple of reasons for that, but they both have to do with the tongue. One of them is, what are we saying in those days and those weeks after we gloriously receive our healing from the Lord? Because if you think, if you think the devil is gonna let you have a great big victory and not challenge you on it, then you absolutely do not know who you're dealing with. He is going to challenge you on it. You know, I use the illustration, you're tired of hearing about it. I went round and round a week, uh, about a month and a half ago with pain in my feet, different places in both feet, and I just drove Satan out. And somebody might say, well, I've, how can that work on a physical issue? You're assuming it's physical. How do you know it's physical? How do you know it's not an attack? And so it took, I mean, round and round, you know, some days four and five times, round and round. But even this morning, even this morning, I, I get done praying. I'm sitting in my office, and here comes that same pain starting up. I could feel it starting up in my right foot. Now, because see, I won the victory. Now, I don't have to go round and round. Now, I don't have to slug it out with him. Now, I don't, ha I don't even have to whip out Colossians 2, 
3.15 or Galatians 3.13. Now I just wave my hand and say, oh, no, you don't. And that's it. It goes away. I'm telling you what, this faith business is slick. Amen. Oh, no, you don't. And that's it. It's like shooing away a dog. Oh, no, you don't. Satan, Paul wrote, neither give place to the devil, which tells me if the devil's got a place, we gave it to him. Oh, my, that could be bad news. No, turn that coin over because now you can stop giving him a place. Amen. Oh, and the second thing the Lord's reminding me, a lot of times we gloriously, miraculously receive a healing and then over the next few days or weeks it wanes and the reason is because we do not do what she did and that is this. When she, see Jesus did his little theatrical act there, he knew who touched him. He was the son of God. It was not a mystery. He knew who it was. But he went through this theatrical episode because he wanted her to tell it. Why? Because when you go and tell, you cement your miracle. When you go and tell, you seal it up. When you go and tell, you, that becomes past business. That becomes something that is done. It is an accomplished fate. Accomplished feet. Are you getting it? So you go and tell. And I know the world doesn't want to hear it. That's why you have to be careful in your going and telling. But I've learned to use this to my advantage because if I get around some folks and I get a little tired of them, I just start telling them what the Lord has done. And they get away from me as far as, as fast and as far as possible. Amen. Amen. Now, now, don't invite a bunch of people over for Thanksgiving and do this. That might be unkind. But, but if you're out there somewhere and somebody's just, you know, spewing their filth at you or spewing their, you know, their twisted worldview at you or whatever, just talk about the last time the Lord healed you. Just talk about the last time God gave you a great job. Just talk about the last time God uh, gave you a great car, whatever. They'll, they'll just wander off. They'll just wander off. You know, I just, uh, I thought I was talking to somebody, but they, now I, I'm back to talking to myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you just keep talking to yourself. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. I'm healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Amen. The money's coming, the money's coming, the money's coming. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, why does he do that? Well, I enjoy it, and I know it irritates the devil. Hallelujah. <laughs> Say it out loud. I'm healed, I'm healed. from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, and the money's coming. Tell your neighbor, did I tell you? The money's coming. Did I turn to the other neighbor? Say, did I tell you? The money's, the money's coming. Yeah, but pastor, you know, the price of gasoline, the money's coming. Yeah, but pastor, the price of beef, the money's coming. Yeah, but pastor, do you know how much they're selling eggs for now? The money's coming. The money's coming. The money's coming. The money's coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we are healed Amen. from the crown of our head to the sole of our feet. Say, shout out loud. Jesus, Jesus took up my infirmities and he bore my diseases and with his stripes, I have already been healed. Say it again. Jesus took up my infirmities and bore away 
my diseases, and with his stripes, I have been healed. So step number one, say it or keep saying it. Step number two, do it. Step number three, receive it. And step number four, tell it. He went through his theatrical issue because he wanted her to tell it. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done for her, done in her, came and fell down before him and told him the truth. And what did he say? Daughter, it was my joy and my privilege and my honor to heal you today. Is that what he said? You're so blessed I happen to be here because I'm the son of God and I healed you today. Is that what he said? No. What did he say? Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. <laughs> Hallelujah. Pastor, why, did, why is the name faith on the building? You know, not everybody likes that because that's what it's all about. Hallelujah. Thy faith hath healed thee. Hallelujah. By her faith, she was healed. She hacked God. She downloaded power without him even using an act of his will. And this more than anything else in the Bible tells me it is the will of God for everyone to be healed because without an act of his will or volition, she tapped the power of God by her own faith. Daughter, thy faith hath made thee well. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. And my good news today is you can do what she did. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. There may be folks here this morning and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your Savior. That's where faith begins. Faith does not begin with healing. Faith does not begin with success. Faith does not begin with prosperity. Faith begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of our lives individually and personally. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. You must be born. He didn't say it was highly recommended. He said you must be born again. Revelation 3, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. How many this morning would say, Pastor Gene, I've never made Jesus my Lord and Savior, but I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want, I want what Jesus talked about in John 3. I want to be born again. I want, to, I want to be a child of God so I can enter into the covenant and receive these benefits of the covenant you've talked about this morning. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to this morning. Pastor, I want, to, I want to give my life to Jesus. It's Easter Sunday. I'll never forget it. Easter Sunday, 2023. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to give my life to Jesus. Thank you. Any others this morning? Lift a hand up. Lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Thank you. you. may put your hands down. There are others here this morning, I'm sure, and you're away from the Lord. You're backslidden. You're not living for the Lord like you used to. You're not living for the Lord like you once did. Well, the word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means that you're not undone. You're not hopeless. You can recommit your life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's what I need to do. I need to recommit my life to God. I want to live for him and stop messing around. I want to stop playing with it and I want to live for him from this day to my last day. Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up. Lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Thank you so much. Everybody in the room, let's stand up together. 
I want to invite everyone who lifted a hand for either invitation. I want you to gather your belongings in hand, and I want you to step boldly into the aisle. I want you to join me here at the front. We're going to pray. You might be here this morning, and you did not raise a hand, but God is pulling on your heart. God is drawing your spirit man, that, that, that heart, not, not, the, not the muscle pump in your chest. I'm talking about the real you on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit's calling you, drawing you. God bless you. I want you to make your way to the front. We're going to pray. You're welcome. Amen. Whosoever will. We dealt with that in the Holy Week revival. Whosoever will come. Hallelujah. You all together? Look. Look. You're so young. You have no idea what you can do all in for God. You have no idea. And whatever you think you could accomplish in this life, God can do a hundred times plus more than that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's a good day. It's a good day. Lift both hands and say, it's a good day. day. Hallelujah. 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 God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Amen. God bless you. So we're going to pray for the sake of people watching online. If you need to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior or you want to recommit your life to the Lord, join right in with us. And uh, I know this. He's loving. He's kind. He's gracious. And I thank him that he, he doesn't give us what we deserve. Hallelujah. He is wonderful. So everybody in the room, folks online, let's pray together. Thank you, Father God, for giving me the opportunity to live for you through the Lord Jesus Christ. I confess that in times gone by, I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. I've lived for self. But today I turn from that old way of living, and I give you my life. I thank you, Father God for not rejecting me because I believe in my heart you raised Jesus from the dead and I confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord and I thank you for your grace and your love and your mercy and your forgiveness it's in Jesus name I pray amen amen God bless you we have a book we want to give you. Put in your hand, God's very own child. So if you would go with Mr. Jeff Hughes, we'll get you right back in the service as quick as we can. Let's give God thanksgiving for them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, you might, you might be here this morning. You need to give heed to what I told that, that couple. It's probably not the way to receive an offering. But stop living with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And go all in with God. Because whatever you think you could accomplish out there, selfishly, you can accomplish at least 100 times that 
in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because he is wonderful and he's not looking for a way to diminish us. He's looking for a way to multiply us. Amen. Amen.